Good morning, church. It's good to see you today again. And uh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you for that wonderful leading today, Kyle. And just a precious, precious stuff. Bob Milam was telling me about Larry and John. Larry and John had gone um, hunting one time, and they went so deep into the woods that they got lost. Imagine that. And um, so nonetheless, they didn't know what they were going to do. They felt hopeless. And so Larry said, don't worry, John, I got this covered. He said, I know what we're going to do. Well, what's your idea? He said, well, we're going to shoot up in the air three times, and we're going to stay right where we're at, and then people are bound to find us. That's a great idea, John said. Well, they, they shot up in the air three times, and sure enough, they waited and waited, and nobody came. So a little bit later, they shot up in the air three more times. Sure enough, nobody came. So they decided to shoot up in the air one more time, and Larry said, boy, I sure hope this works, because we're down to our last three arrows. <laughs> I hope John didn't hear that, and I know Larry wasn't here today, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Hopelessness. This hope. I'm going to talk about that hope a little bit today as we move through the lesson. There's a song that was going through my mind earlier in the week. I don't know that I heard it on the radio. I've heard it many, many times. It's a wonderful song by Casting Crowns. And so therefore I said, well, that's kind of where I want to go with this. Now, I'm not going to sing it for you, of course, but it would go something like this. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. <laughs> and one day he's coming, oh, glorious day. And the church said? Amen. That's really all of it. It's in the heart. It's in the heart of all of it, is it not? So the preacher could say, amen, let's go eat. But I didn't say amen. You did. All right, here we go. Today we celebrate and we proclaim, no doubt, the fact that Jesus is alive. He's alive and He's well. He was crucified for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, He rose from the dead. Give me an amen. amen. That's what it's about, folks. The tomb was empty. Death was defeated, no doubt. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, Scripture tells us. And one day He's coming back to judge the living and the dead, He says. All of that hinges on the truth that we believe that Jesus is alive. He is risen, for He is risen indeed. Today we've sung these songs of praises to our Lord. We've communed together as Doug led us in today. We've communed with each other in this service together. And to remind us about the cross, because you see at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. For without the cross, our sins would still remain. But because of the cross, He did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And on the third day, He arose from the dead. Amen? Amen. Good news. The good news is tomorrows are promised again from God and God alone. Because He promises us that someday we too will rise from the grave. The grave will not hold us. For Scripture says in Romans chapter 8, it goes on to say, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells within you, does He dwell within you? Give me an amen. amen. Then if He does, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. And the church again says, Amen, amen and Amen. This is the good news that we proclaim. 
Jesus is alive. And he is, just as the angels rolled the stone away, just as the angels announced as Jeff read for us earlier. He's not here, he's risen, just as he said. It's a signal to all of us that call ourselves Christians that he's alive. One of my favorite stories is told, and I don't know who told it this way first, and you historians, I'm sure, know the story better. But nonetheless, it's the story of Waterloo, the Battle of Waterloo. It's fought in the early 1800s between, of course, Duke of Wellington and Napoleon. And in that, they, they, to carry the news that of the battle, after the battle of the Waterloo, to carry the news, a ship would come along the, the shoreline and it would signal uh, to the person on the shoreline in which he would signal to the hillside, to the next hillside, and so on, till it reached all across England. And all of those things. So after the battle, the ship sails. It gives its first message. And the first word that it gives, it signals to the shore was, Wellington. And he signals to the hillside, to the hillside, all across. The second word that was given there was defeated. And again, across. But then fog set in, and the message halted, stopped. So all across England, people wept because what they heard was Wellington defeated. But then... The fog lifted. Two more words came. The words were, the enemy. Wellington defeated the enemy. And then certainly a celebration was all about England. My friend, it's true. It's been mentioned here in many occasions today in the songs that we've sung about this one Jesus that did what he did for us on the cross. And on that particular day, yes, there were those that were celebrating that he was gone because they didn't believe him. But those that believed him and those that loved him, there was a great sorrow when the body was taken off the cross, given for us, he had died. There was sorrow that day, and they placed him into a tomb. And all across that community, that area, the word was, Jesus defeated. But on the third day, the fog was lifted. The fog was lifted, and now the words were Jesus defeated the enemy. Amen and amen. Truly, what God has done for us. For well over 2,000 years now, we've been proclaiming that story. Those that claim Him as Lord and Savior, men and women alike, children alike, have been proclaiming His resurrection, His death for us. And while the world around us may reject it, we stand on it and stand on it firm because it is what promises us a tomorrow. It promises that what God says can be ours if we accept that free gift that He gives. He gives us hope, hope in Him. The Scripture, the psalmist wrote these words in Psalms 33, we put our hope in the Lord. We put our hope in the Lord. He is. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. Give me an amen. amen. 
Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord. For our hope is in you and you alone. Got to have another amen. amen. It's the amen message right here. All right. All of us have come here today, perhaps for different reasons, of course. Some of you are here because your family invited you to come, and we're thankful that you did, but we're more thankful that you said, okay, Mom, okay, Dad, I'll be there. And that's wonderful. Others of you have come because maybe somebody else invited you, or maybe it's just you're, you're curious, or maybe it's just because it's Easter. You know, some people Easter, Christmas, pretty much. That's okay. Whatever the reason that may have brought you here, I want to let you know something. I believe that God brought you here. And I believe that with all of my heart. And I believe that He brought you here for somebody to tell you something. And that something is this, that you are important to God. That God loves you. And that the resurrection, the Easter that we might call, but the resurrection wasn't just for me, wasn't just for a certain group of people. It was for you as much as it was for any of us. That it's for you because He cares for you. But yes, He does. The resurrection of Jesus was for you. There is no doubt. The resurrection was not God saying, well, I'm alive, it's good for me, good luck with your life. God didn't do that. He would have never sent His Son if that was all it was about. But He tells us, He tells us specifically what is good for us in this. He says in John 11, it is God saying, yes, I am the resurrection and the life. And if you put your faith and trust in me, in what I've offered to you, I will even give you a thing. I will make sure that your tomorrows are always there. That it will always be there. I will give you this eternal life. Isn't that awesome? Even after, even after a thing called death. This past week, most of you in this congregation know that my wife Donna and I were in Kentucky once again for another family funeral. We were there just two short months ago for a 12-year-old nephew that was lost in a house fire, tragically. This time it was for a sister-in-law. Her name was Lisa. That's Donna's brother's wife. and She was a wonderful lady, very accomplished in her life, very much so publications and different things, but she was 53 years old, full of life when you ever saw her and be around her. She was full of life. She was a professor at a college. She had many things. Her and her husband, Mike, had, have three grown children now, but yet for the past 20 years, she's battled a terrible disease that literally took her from a beauty queen to something that was horrible. But in all of that, last Saturday, as we gathered with the family and friends that were there, as we gathered, we celebrated. We celebrated. We celebrated because we know that we know that we know that she had put her faith and trust in the Jesus that went to a cross for her and rose on the third day. And yet in the midst of even of all of that, and some of you can relate with this, but in the midst of all of that, I have to be honest with you that through those many years that we would see her, 
and all the things that we went through and they went through with that, there were times of hopelessness, helplessness. I cannot tell you the times when we leave their presence and she would always say something about me being the minister and doing her service and, and just wanted me to pray for her and pray with her and all those times. I cannot tell you the times that Donna and I would leave and we would be in tears and we would say, I just wish we could do something. Almost seemingly a helpless, hopeless state. I think that is a normal response So, have you ever felt hopeless? Have you ever felt like you're just hopeless in a hopeless situation that nothing seems to be looking up whatsoever? Nothing seems to be working out for you. You just feel that. Oh, I will promise you that they're in this room. In this room there is that People may not admit it, but if you knew in the stillness of the night, you'd know. Something that seems hopeless in a lot of ways for a lot of people in our world today could be a divorce that you've gone through that was a bitter one, be a loss of a loved one. Finances, what is it? Is it the health struggles that you might have? Perhaps it's just struggles at work and being able to put up and just being able to just barely get the ends to meet just to get by. Maybe it's depression for some. Maybe it's this medical report that you've received just recently. One, one call can change your life. Pushes you somewhere. You don't want it to. You don't ask for it. But when that phone rings and you get that message or that doctor says, it rushes over us. Could be just loneliness. You know, there's people in our world that are just lonely. It could be just life or the age. Aging causes many people just to feel like, what can I do? It's almost over. A few more chapters and I'm done. Hopeless. It comes. Maybe it's the rejection of the love that you have for someone and they reject yours. Whatever the case, the feeling of hopelessness. Let me share with you something as we wrap this and bring this together, hopefully, for you today. There was a time in Scripture where many people that followed Jesus, that were these everyday people with Jesus, also struggled with this point of hopelessness. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. As already been told, Jesus came. He's God's one and only Son. He walked among us. He performed these miracles. He loved. He did not sin. They crucified Him on a cross. And they buried him in the grave. And for three long days in that grave, those that followed him, those that loved him, what do you think they were thinking of during those three days? The hopelessness, the helplessness in their hearts that they may have felt. And even after his resurrection, and I love this story. You can read the whole thing for yourself. But real quickly, let me tell you. Jesus comes back and he's, he's living, he's living. And he was walking among these, this group of people there. And you can read it there in, what is it, Luke chapter 24. And in that, I like this because he's walking alongside of them. And they're talking about this Jesus. And Jesus comes up and they don't recognize that it's Jesus. Because they know, they saw, they saw that he was placed in the grave. The stone was rolled there. 
they don't recognize that it's him. And so they stood there, it says, and their, their faces downcast. Their faces were downcast because their hope is gone. It's just gone. And Jesus says, well, what are you talking about? What do you mean, what are you talking about, they say? Everybody knows what's been happening these last few days. Everybody, where have you been? What things? I can almost see Jesus inside smiling so big. And no clue that it was Jesus. And so what happens? This is what they say to the Messiah, the risen Savior. Notice what they say. He was a prophet. Past tense. Yeah, he was a prophet. Man, he did some great things. Man, I remember the time, and I remember when he did, and I saw that myself, and it was just, and yeah, before God and man and all the things that he did, they were just awesome. But, but what happened? Let me tell you what happened. These rulers, Pilate and his rulers, they decided that they were going to crucify him. The people cried out, crucify him, crucify him. And they did. They put him on a cross. And notice what he say next. But we had hoped. You see it? Yeah, we had hoped. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to deliver us. We had hoped that he was the one. And he was standing in front of them all along. Someone said it this way, and I love the way they said it. Their hopeless Saturday became their victorious Sunday. And I'm here to tell you that your hopeless Saturdays that you might find yourself in today can be your victorious Sunday as well that awesome? To know that God would give His Son just for us. The empty grave gives us hope. It gives us a living hope. Not a false hope. Not a human hope. But a God hope. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope. Watch this. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Our tomorrow promised, fulfilled by God and Him alone. Give me an amen. 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 Those of us that call ourselves Christians, that is where we place our hope. A hope in the one that stepped out of that grave on the third day. And His name is Jesus. Name above all names. And Jesus is his name. That is why we celebrate not Easter, just Easter Sunday, which is fine with Easter. But every day of our lives. And it's every day of our lives we celebrate. And the reason why we celebrate is because we know that we are promised tomorrow forever. Isn't that good news? Are you promised that? You're promised that. Have you accepted that is the question, isn't it? You see, our hope is not in things. Our hope is in God, which is more certain than human hope. You can hope in that I might do something for you, but truth is, I'll let you down, but not God. 
It says, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. 1 John 3, I didn't put it down. But how great the, the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. And the church says, Amen. a child of God. That is our living hope, a hope of forgiveness, a hope of peace, a hope of assurance, a hope of heaven, a hope found only in Jesus, Him alone. You see, truth is, my friend, someone needs to declare it. Without Jesus, we have no hope. Doesn't matter what we accomplish, doesn't matter what we have, without Jesus, we have no hope. It's false. But... On that Sunday morning when the angels rolled the stone away, it changed my life. From no hope to a living hope. To a living hope. And knowing that changes me. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. Because He lives, I know, I know, I know He holds the future. Because life is worth living. Because he lives. Because he lives. Almost finished. Hang on just for another minute. Here's a question for you, and I want you to be, just take this serious. Do a quick evaluation in your spirit, in your relationship with God. What brokenness do you bring with you today? What brokenness do you bring with you today? What threatens to overtake you in your life when it's just you and just you? What is it? What fears bind you? What stones have been rolled in your path that seem to be unmovable? What habits, what relationships hinders you from being what God has called you to be? What are they? I'm here to tell you today that the resurrection gives our life new meaning now. Not only after death, but it gives us now life. That is why we sing. That is why we praise God. The grave could not hold Jesus and the grave will not hold us either. We can live boldly because He lives. We can live fearlessly because He lives. We can live graciously because He lives. He is risen, risen indeed. God loves you. God loves you and me more than I could and we could ever understand here on earth. God loves us. How do we know that? We've told the story over and over again today. How? It's because He gave His Son so that we could have life. Without Him, we have no life. With Him, we live forever. We will experience the resurrection ourselves someday. So if you need to experience the power of the resurrection yourself, what do you do? If you want to have peace with God, and I'm sure that you do, you want to have purpose in your life, 
You want to have the promise of heaven, a promise of tomorrow. You want to have forgiveness. Please consider giving your life to the one, to the one that stepped out of the grave so that you could have a tomorrow and a tomorrow and a tomorrow forevermore. Think about that. Consider that. We encourage you. We stand ready. We stand ready. But more importantly, God stands ready. God stands ready to receive you into his kingdom. And it only comes through Jesus the Christ. The one that stretched his arms out and died for you. The one that went to a grave. And the one that stepped out of the grave so that we might have a resurrection as well. He came out of the grave to give you a gift, a gift of eternal life. The question is, my friend, it's always been the same. The question has been from the moment he stepped out of the grave, the question has always been the same. It'll always be the same. Will you accept the gift that I've given? Have you done that, my friend? Again, we pray that you have. If you need a prayer, we're here for you. You want Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Claim it today. Experience a new birth. Why? So that through that new birth, the sins are washed away, but the filling of the Holy Spirit comes. And those that are filled with the Spirit, God says, someday resurrection will come for you as well. Not only for the Lisas, but for you and me as well. Whatever your need is, we sing this song just for you. You come together as we stand and sing.